Good morning. This morning's readings are taken from the New Living Translation Bible and they come from 1 Chronicles 16, 29. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendour. And from Isaiah 29, 13. And so the Lord says, These people say they are mine. They honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. Good morning and happy Father's Day to all those super dads out there, and to those dads who think they're super, but are really more Clark Kent than they are Superman. Although, as uh, Batman is told in Christopher Nolan's superhero epic, it's not who you are underneath, but what you do that defines you. So, what am I here today to do? Well, I'm in a slightly strange position of having been given the Father's Day talk, sermon, um, and I'm, I'm not a father, but I do have one. I do. Some of you may remember my father. My family moved uh, this time last year, actually, to Pastures New. Uh, Lincoln. But if you do remember my dad, you probably remember him for one of two reasons. His lack of hair and his relentless need to make everything related to football. But I'm going to kick those ideas to one side, avoid any potential red cards and hopefully assist you with my thoughts this morning. Father's Day, the one day of the year where dad's jokes have to be tolerated. So my hope is for any of you fathers watching this morning is that you're asked, how did you find the sermon today? And then you can reply, on the internet. Anyway, enough of that. Um, now, I feel like it's customary to start Father's Day or Mother's Day talk uh, with the disclaimer that not everyone has a great relationship with their father, mother, caregiver, father figure. But today, I'm not actually going to talk about biological fathers or um, earthly father figures. For one thing, they come in so many different shapes and sizes and variations. Kind of like dogs, really. You get some cute ones, some barky ones, some severely overfed ones. And when speaking of food, I'm going to talk about the provider, the father of fathers, uh, if you will. God, Lord of all, King of all, Creator of all. And uh, we should have just had some Bible verses read out. I know there was a lot, but um, thank you for doing that, Eve. Uh, let's start with the first one. 1 Chronicles 16.29. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. Now, of course, worship isn't merely music, uh, though for many Christians it is. Uh, sing a few songs, listen to a teaching, share communion, Eucharist, and engage with whatever else happens during a Sunday service, like today. But what we call worship isn't really worship, biblically speaking. Worship nowadays, and it's been going on for a long time, it's not a recent occurrence, is more like entertainment than it is worship. We tend to evaluate the effectiveness of worship on what we got out of it rather than what we gave. But like Christmas, worship is supposed to be more about giving. And don't get me wrong, it is so good to receive. I will take a gift any day that you want to give me one. But it is better to give than to receive, apparently. But it is. And when you're a child and you hear, 
the phrase, it's better to give than to receive, uh, it's laughable. Better to give than to receive. <laughs> Not a chance. But it's only when you actually give that you realise. The definition for worship, according to Google, is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. Romans 12.1 defines worship as a past, the sacrifice of self. When we come before God in worship, we give ourselves up to him. So why do we worship God? I've got seven reasons why we worship God. Reason number one, we worship God because of who he is. I mean, just take a minute and look at yourself. Go to a mirror and look. Just look at your hands, your legs, your feet, your fingerprints. If you're with someone, look at their hands, look at their fingerprints, see how different they are from you. There are eight billion more unique people on this floating sphere that is just one of many other floating spheres in our galaxy, in our universe, in this thing we can't even really comprehend fully. And it was all put there by him. When people give a speech at the Oscars, or just any awards ceremony, they always come to the front, they've got a little list of people, I'd like to thank so-and-so, and so-and-so, and whoever else. They thank all the people that put them there and made them who they are. And now for some of us, our biological dads, or our stepdads, our father figures would appear on that list, and for some of us they won't. But God should be on that list, shouldn't he? I think he should. So we worship him because of who he is. Number two, we worship God because of what he's done for us. We worship God because he saved us. He sent Jesus to die for us. This is something we all know. Even the most devout atheist knows that God sent Jesus to die for us. They just choose not to believe it. But everybody knows. Everybody knows that God sent his only son to die for us. For those of you who are fathers and mothers, for those of you who are parents, would you really be willing to sacrifice your child for scummy, vile mankind? How flawed we are? Hey, look at the news. Look at some of the horrible things mankind is doing. Would you be willing to sacrifice your child to save them? Because God did. And it's a basic thing that we all know. Um, I mean, we, can't, we pretty much say it every Sunday, um, or we acknowledge it in a prayer. But I feel like maybe it's just me. Sometimes we just say these things, and we've said them so many times, that it's kind of like, oh yeah, he died for us, yeah, yeah, he died, he died for us, God sent his only son, yeah, yeah, John 3.16, he sent his only son, blah, 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 you'll know it, I use it as my password. No, I don't anymore, I'm changing. But it's like with any tradition, they very easily lose their meaning when you do it for tradition's sake, or you do it because you're a Christian, and we all know God sent his only son. So it's nice to say it and remember it sometimes, what that actually means. So we worship God because of what he's done for us. Number three, we worship God because he commands us to. There are so, 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 so many verses about worshipping God in the Bible. It's 
unbelievable how many verses there are. Not quite countless, because you could if you wanted to sit there and count, I guess, but if you did, it'd be hundreds of thousands of verses. Just about worshipping. Just about worshipping God. Just forget everything else that's in the Bible. It's full of other things. Just about worshipping. So many sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. You must worship in spirit and truth. I've just done a quick Google. We've obviously got the one from earlier. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Uh, 2 Chronicles 29-28. The whole assembly bowed in worship while the musicians played and the trumpet sounded. Uh, Psalm 95. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Psalm 100 verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. John 4, 23 and 24, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And there are so many more, and I won't read them out because the sun has probably already gone on long enough. So number three, we should worship God because he commands us to. Number four, we worship God to bless and honour him. As I said before, whilst we do benefit and receive from worship, it is not primarily for us. We worship God because it pleases Him. I mean, have any of you ever tried to please your parents through working hard at school, impressing them with grades, impressing them with behaviour, impressing them with a skill that you have? With me, it was football, trying to uh, impress my dad, trying to please my dad with a goal that I'd scored or a skill move that I'd I don't know, I feel like there's something deep within us that makes us want to impress other people and please other people a lot of the time. That's probably not the case for everyone, but I see it in a lot of people and I know it's true of myself. I want everyone to like me. It's not going to happen. Definitely doesn't happen. We are beneficiaries to worship. Our motivation to worship should be much greater than just wanting it to make us feel good. True worship is never self-serving or self-centred. We worship God to bless and honour Him. Number five, we worship God because we love Him. Do you ignore those who you love? Or do you tell them that you love them? Do you praise them and lift them up? Maybe you don't, but do you think that you should? Would you like to be lifted up by those who love you? Are you lifted up by those who love you? God wants to lift you up. I mean, if you're just going to take away one thing from today, out of this, out of the seven points, out of the worship we've had, out of the prayer, uh, out of everything, just take away that there is nothing God wants more than to see you succeed. And he is there every step of the way. I think that deserves worship. We worship God because we love him. Number six, we worship God because of what he's done here on earth. Sometimes it's hard to see the good in earth and the good in people on earth, especially when you consider how corrupt our leaders are, um, how frankly evil a lot of the world leaders are, uh, and selfish and self-serving, and how we've become a very individualistic society that only cares for ourselves. Um, and then you see, sometimes on my Facebook feed, I see these wholesome videos of some big bikers rolling down the street buying lemonade from a small child, selling it 
and their front lawn, or you see uh, someone stop to help an elderly lady cross the road, or you see someone who is uh, successful, uh, financially speaking, sharing their wealth and sharing their time and sharing their expertise and their wisdom uh, with those who are less fortunate. And it makes you remember, and, and you'd always see someone comment on these videos, oh, that's restored my faith in humanity. God has faith in humanity, because like I said earlier, he sent his son to die for humanity. But God is moving on earth in ways we can't even imagine. Because of what Jesus has done through his death, his resurrection, and when he one day returns, we worship him. Number seven, final point. We worship God because we want to draw near to him. Psalm 22 says that God becomes enthroned on our praises, that God is holy and that he sits enthroned upon the praises of Israel. God is always with us. Like in Star Wars, stay with me. So it ties back quite nicely to Father's Day. But in Star Wars, Luke is told that the force is always around, he just needs to tap into it. And he does, and then becomes a great Jedi and kills everyone and saves the day. Um, the Holy Spirit and God, you're not going to go and kill everyone and save the day. But, like the Force, God is always there. God is always with us. But it's the everyday everythings that sometimes make it hard to tune into that. Tune into it. Sometimes I picture worship like we're a radio. It's like all the dials are reset and retuned to God. It becomes just you and God. Forget football, dinner, forget the drive you've got to go on later and the price of fuel that goes with that journey. It becomes just you and him. These seven bullet points are not at all the exclusive only rules as to why we should worship. But they're pretty good and they're pretty easily comprehensible, I think. When I started writing this the other week, uh, it was on a completely different subject a much more uh, intense subject that I probably would have handled very poorly, but it was out of a want to look super intelligent and like I could handle such complex matters. Um, but there is no integrity in appearances like that if the reasons behind them are selfish, which they were. I wanted to look good in front of you all. That's the truth. Isaiah 29.13 reads, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouths and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is merely based on merely human rules they have been taught. Selfishly, the only person we hinder by being untruthful in our worship is ourselves. Because if you can't connect to God with your heart, you're missing out on so much that he has to offer you. Unconditional love and support for the rest of your life. I mean, come on, that's crazy! He's literally the perfect father. So no, there's nothing complex here this morning now. There's nothing particularly groundbreaking. But it is a challenge because before you can do any of this properly, you have to admit that you either never were worshipping properly, or that you haven't been recently. And maybe you have. And maybe every week church isn't a chore to sit through because it's not entertaining enough. Because it's not about getting through church and doing your due diligence as a Christian. Church isn't supposed to be Sunday morning entertainment. 
I mean, it's not supposed to bore the socks off you either, and hopefully it doesn't, but it's supposed to be about you and God and giving you a place to come together with other Christians, which obviously aren't in person, but <laughs> we're still together online in the comments section. Why do you go to church? Do you go for the tradition, for the novelty, or do you go to worship the Father on Father's Day? Because he's got all the love in the universe that no one else can offer you. Though some try and we love them for that, but no one knows you as intimately and accurately as God does, the Father. And so with today being Father's Day, we thank our fathers, those who may have driven us places, attempted to make us laugh, and have been a source of comfort. Let's thank the Father and draw close to him. The wonderful thing about God is that no matter your upbringing, your personal relationships, your wage, your gender, your race, etc, etc, the wonderful thing about God is that no matter your upbringing, your personal relationships, your wage, gender, race, etc, etc, he is a father that is always there. He will never leave. He was there when we were born and he'll be there when we die. He knows our dreams, our fears, and our aspirations. He knows us inside and out. And he will never, ever fail us. And for that, I think we should thank him.